Oh, it's so wonderful to see you again. Come in and unwind. Welcome back to the Celestial Cafe, a podcast for the magical mind. So come, take a seat. Would you like something sweet? A star drop potion for the soul? Maybe an enchanted eclair as a treat? I just baked a batch of warm cookies with a dash of moonlight. I wonder what will happen if you take a little bite. Here's your bewitching beverage. Let each sip melt your worries away. It's time to open your mind. I wonder what magic awaits us today. Okay, and hello everybody, and welcome back to the Celestial Cafe podcast, a podcast for the magical mind, uh, where we discuss all things magical and sip some delicious beverages, some tasty treats. Um, I am one of your hosts, Hey Shady Lady, and I have with me the absolutely lovely... It's me! It's me! Hi everyone! (laughs) Welcome back. Dixley! So today is a mini episode. Uh, So this is an episode where we record a little bit shorter and it's just two of the hosts instead of all four of us. And we kind of hyper-focus on one specific topic. Today's topic is... We're actually going to have to give you all a trigger warning, to be honest. Um, We mentioned this in a couple episodes. A couple episodes ago, me and Dukes just kind of had a little moment where we went off about how meditation is practice for death. And, um, or meditation can be practiced for death. Uh, some of y'all expressed interest in that. So we thought we would follow up with an episode on it. While I was researching this, I realized this is going to be an incredibly heavy topic. I mean, we're really just going to be discussing death and processing it and coming to peace in terms yeah, with grief it. And- so grief and loss will, will kind of be a casual point of conversation throughout this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just want to trigger warning for those of you who might be, going through grief right now, or maybe you're still raw from, from things in the past. And this is, this might not be the episode for you and that's totally okay. We will definitely miss you, but we have plenty of other episodes for you to listen to. And we're going to be back next week with, uh, the full moon in Virgo episode. We'll be live streaming that Thursday, the second, um, at twitch.tv slash Hey Shady Lady at 7 PM Eastern standard time. And that'll be available on podcasting platforms on the 6th of February, sorry, the 6th of March. <laughs> it's March. We're going oh, yeah, into March. So we'll live stream the 2nd of March next <laughs> Thursday. Um, this is Celestial Cafe podcast. You can find us at celestialcafe.org if you want links to our social media or you would like to support us on Patreon. We're getting little blog posts up for y'all once a week. It's been a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, we just want to let y'all know that this, this episode is going to be um, a little heavy. Um, but I don't think like... I, I don't intend on like crying today, so that's good. <laughs> I, I don't I don't intend. I don't think on I it. am either. I, I I think I'm doing pretty okay. I uh, it's funny. I, I brought up to like several people, uh, like oh, like what kind of episode are you doing this week? I'm like meditation prep for death, and I had multiple people be like, oh my god, I could never talk like you know like that's just not something I want to touch, you know? Really? And, and yeah, like uh, I mean. It's scary, right? I'm a little <laughs> nervous about it, but I'm I, I I don't feel like this is something that anyone will ever be um an expert on or oh. like I think anyone can talk about this at any time. This is just part of the human experience. This is and, one of the few like inevitabilities, yes. you know, of being alive is and dying. I guess I'll give another trigger warning that I find it very likely that I will not cry, but I will probably talk about psychedelics in this episode because <laughs> I think that's fair. Yeah, uh, through my psychedelic uses use, I've had um, several ego deaths near near death went to the realm place. Uh, so, right. and I feel like that's going to be 
in the area of this liminal space of of this kind of thing. So yeah, whatever this conversation's gonna yeah. lead to. Um, hmm. So maybe a good place to start is we we mentioned this quote multiple times now. Uh, pre- meditation is preparation for death. That's that was the inspiration for this episode. Where where did you hear? I think I heard it from you and I think I heard it from that YouTube video or it's a it's a cartoon, right? Midnight Gospel. Yeah. By um, it's by the creators of Adventure Time uh, animated, I suppose, Pendleton Ward. And uh, the host of the show is someone named. uh, Duncan uh, Trussell. Thank you. I almost yeah. said Trussell Duncan. I Trussell was like, Trussell's Duncan. not a first name. Trunken Dussel. <laughs> Trunken Dussel. Uh, and um, in it, which, by the way, uh, everyone, please watch Midnight Gospel. If you are even an inkling of interested in the things we talk about here and want to take it a, even even a step further, uh, that, that is one psychedelic dude with one psychedelic show. For really, sure. really, really phenomenal Uh it's like it's like a podcast in cartoon form with all of its craziness and and, uh, and the art uh, is so cool. It looks to yeah. me like the Kaiba anime um that yeah, I'm always talking yeah. about, but a mixture of adventure time. It's a it's a more psychedelic adventure time. Definitely. Sure. Yeah. And, and it's definitely mature. It's not it's not for kids. This is a this is an adult animation. Um and that was the first time I heard it too. So there was, and, and in particular, the quote was brought up because uh, Duncan Trussell was having an interview with his mom who had stage four breast cancer and had been told many times, like, you only have six months to live. You only have a week to live. You only have a month to live. And she had lived for four years <laughs> past all of those due dates. Right. And so uh, they they sort of have a back and forth during the episode where uh, he he brings up the quote. He's like, I don't know where I heard this, but meditation is preparation for death. And she's like, I totally agree. You know, like it. it and what you know, life Googling, is, Googling that phrase. I don't know if he heard it anywhere, if he just made it up because yeah, I couldn't he might find just, it anywhere. <laughs> me neither. I, I tried to do like a quick Google search. The closest I got was like he had a friend who had a band with the album name there's a lot of i found like quite a few different metal bands with with songs named that Mm. um and it's a very popular meditation like guided meditation youtube video i found lots of youtube videos that were guided meditations of of like you're dying and we're gonna visualize your death and um so i don't think it's like a like a an unheard concept but that turn of phrase specifically i couldn't really find besides this this cartoon but but I, I guess it became sort of a brain worm for the two of us yeah. because we both piqued interest and also others. This was this was a requested episode, by yeah. the way, where uh, we had several individuals be like, "Hey, I'm I'm interested in this. Can you expand upon this more?" And I um I don't know the the way that uh, Duncan Trussell's mom put it was like, you know, life is just things coming and going, right? It, it, it's it is always a movement of energy. And life and death is no different uh, to be able to weave in and out of, well, usually in and then out, and that's it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> if, we're, if we're just going to speak with the very physical death, but there's there's many minute, little deaths that I think we all experience as well through life. And um, we, we grieve not only death, but we grieve things like friendships that just weren't meant to be. We grieve moments that have passed by. And, and, I, and I think that 
well, with meditation, a big part of it is to stay still, observe what comes towards you and let it pass you by. At least one, at least the form of meditation I'm most familiar with. There's a lot of ways to meditate, right? Uh, but yeah, what, what are your thoughts on all of this? So I, I, it, it resonated with me immediately because I remember back when I, when my young 20s, so it's been about 10 years since I was really like psychedelic experimenting. Um, and I've had like a, an experience here or two since then, but, um, it was really in my like early twenties around the age of 22 to 25 that I was just <laughs> zooming. Um, and this was also when I had my experiences with, um, uh, astral projection, very, like very intense ones and, um, out of body experiences and false awakening. My, my lucid dreaming astral projection experiences were insane. And I have never, I think I intentionally closed it all off after that point because there was so, so much. And it was so, because during some, like several of the psychedelics, experiences, I experienced ego death and near death. I literally was certain I had died. Um, I I completely like lost no ego. I was not, forget, Hey, shady lady. I wasn't Tiffany. I wasn't any, like I was completely like dissolved out. And I really like the word dissolved for this because it feels like a dissolution of, um, the ego, but there's still, and this is, this is what meditation teaches you is there, you're not the, the monologue in your head, um, about the to-do list and the, and I'm not even the person that's angry about the person that cut me off in traffic. I'm not the person at all. I'm the consciousness watching the thoughts of the person like, and that is what it feels the, that that's the space that I got to was, it was like, I like looped out and was like, I remember like one of the moments, which was DMT specifically. And I had like right onto that weird, like kaleidoscopic, entities in, uh, you know, and I came when I came back down into my body and it was like all such a sudden experience. Cause that's just kind of how that one works. But yeah. I remember thinking to myself and cause now keep in mind, <laughs> I was a grungy little punk girl that lived in a punk house where all of us were just like little grunge Lords. But I remember the thought that I had to myself was like, like I, I, I had to remember who I was and was like looking down at my body. And it was just this sudden, like, Oh, I'm still this dirty little girl. Like that was like the knee jerk. And it was this, that, that was like the, and then I think the last time I had <laughs> was, was ketamine from when I broke my arm and that was a hospital. That was, that was led by doctors. So it was a perfect. Yeah. Um, and the thought that I had then was like, Oh, I'm still this, uh, I can't remember how I, but it's always like that. I'm still this blank. And then I have an identifier. And this time it was like, I'm still this like annoying Gemini. I can't remember what, but it was Gemini specifically. And I think that's because with the way that I'm engaged with, with y'all with Celestial Cafe and how I I present my identity to the world right now, I'm very like, I'm witchy. I'm a Gemini. Like it's, Uh it's very much like my, a major point of my identity is that. Um, and I guess I'm pushing to the word identity here, um, where these, these experiences where I dissolve out of it, I lose that identity to the point where I'm just like a consciousness that doesn't, I don't know. Um, doesn't do anything. There's none of that. Cause that's that's purely human. That's a, that's a, maybe it's not just human. I don't know. I can't really know that, but it's definitely a human thing. And when I'm reaching those moments of like, dissolution dissolving that is gone all of the the identifiers for me but i'm still here 
And it's still, I'm still, it's still me, but it's not laced with the uh, framework and all of the emotions and baggage and pain and all of this stuff that it, that it is in the human form. But it's still, right. it's weird because I know that it's me when I'm out in that little like consciousness space as compared to when I'm here. And it's not even, and this is the thing, it's not something I can control, but I think that it is something that you could control if you became very like practiced and skilled at meditation. I think this is yes. something that that's the point of meditation is yes. to be able to intentionally dis disconnect from ego yeah. and be the consciousness that is observing it all. Um, and so when I first started understanding what meditation was, uh, and to, to link this back to the near death experiences and stuff, I remember like thinking that like enlightenment when I was really getting into new age stuff. And I was like, I think the point is not wanting to be human anymore and releasing from this existence and moving on to a different mm -hmm. existence. And then that's terrifying as an ego, because what if my, what, what, what about my family? What about this? What about all this? What about my dreams? And what about the things that I want to do? Um, and I was listening to someone on YouTube last night called Daji and D-A-A-J-I. Um, and he runs a YouTube channel called Heartfulness. Um, and I'm not sure if he has a specific title. I didn't watch enough of his videos to understand his backstory, but he had a video called Can Meditation Kill You? Um, and he, he basically said like, meditation is like dissolving away and it can feel scary towards the last moments because the ego kicks in and says, what about my family? What about yeah. my body? What about this? Um, and so you I've asked me what my, what my thoughts were. <laughs> they're disconnected. Yeah. I, they're all, all of this stuff kind of I ties know. into one thing. I know this is a big topic. Uh, like the, I mean, when we talk about death, we have to talk about life and vice versa, which is just chaos. And, um, something, something you said brought me, uh, back to something that I kind of held true when I was first studying Buddhism, which is life is suffering, you know, God, and um, it, is. <laughs> it is. And and um, I think uh, a part of our us living is not necessarily to, uh, I mean, reduce the suffering where and when you can, but I also think writing through the suffering, because it's inevitable, uh, that like, uh, something I talk about a lot is that there's a few inevitabilities in life, um, death being one of them, grief, sadness, hurt, pain, um, also joy as a birthright, uh, freedom, uh, and stuff like that. You, you mentioned how how you 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 are on this precipice sometimes in meditation, where all of a sudden you see this wide open space, and then you can't help but turn around and think about what you're leaving behind yeah. if you choose to take this deep meditative route. And and I I try to assert this quite often, which is ego is never necessarily a bad thing. Like it, it, I think it shapes our identities. What I mean, yeah, right. <laughs> like ego is identity, <laughs> right? Uh, but like, and I think that identity is cool and very hip and fun. Um, but I think that identity also keeps us tethered to maybe things that uh, can be prevented, like pain like specific pains like specific uh yeah. hurts, right and it's sort of that balancing beam between like which suffering do i hold and keep close and use to heal me and what what suffering 
is not worth it. And and what what can where can I soothe and and heal from those suffering? And and I think that death is one of those things where you can't run from it, right? In any any way, shape, or form. I would interrupt just to say, watch the Puss in Boots movie. You oh. haven't seen it yet, have you? No, I haven't. That's all I'll say then. Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> yeah, like, it's they talk deep. about stuff like that. Yes. What, I don't want to spoil. I'm not going to say anything. No. Yes, it it is a major theme of the movie. Interesting. Well, I mean, okay. he's he's that that's part of the trailer. He's a nine. He's I haven't seen nine, the trailer. Oh, well, then I, I can at least say this. Nine it's, lives. He, he's a cat with nine lives and he's on his last life. And all wow. of a sudden he's afraid. <laughs> well, I really resonate with that, yeah. honestly, because um, I guess lore, right? It's not something I talk about a lot, but when I was suicidal, um, I attempted seven times. Um, and I joke that I have two lives left constantly. Wow. <laughs> it's like, it's like, I, this is all I got left. So I, I got, I got one more lucky break and that's it. Um, and it's something that I think about a lot, right? Because it's, and, and I think that at some point too, like we're both going to agree that like, it's something that's almost impossible to quantify. We'll never know some things about there, this you discussion. Can't, you can't be an expert on this. And no. and I also think that there it's a lot of subjective, like this is a very subjective yeah. thing. Um, because when I was kind of preparing for this podcast, um, I, I, I came to the realization that every culture and every, and what mm. every human has a different um, relationship with death and the afterlife, um, and whether there is one or not. Um, and I certainly have my own very strongly held beliefs on this. Um, but I can't say what's real. And this is why I always fall to like a gentle agnosticism. I don't know what's going to happen yeah. or what can happen. I have very, like very strong thoughts and, and hypotheses and speculations. And, um, but we can't possibly know. And that's why I think that this is, there's no way to be an expert on the topic. Um, but what I do think is interesting is, uh, while I was researching this, I, I kind of stumbled in a rabbit hole about the Tibetan book of the dead. Um, I think it's also called the Bardo Thordol. Um, but it's something that I think we've all heard of kind of in like, Oh, the book of the dead. Mm -hmm. Like, I think we all, we all know about it, but we don't know much about it. Um, and it's, a uh, it's a, it's Buddhism, right? So it's a Tibetan, uh, text and it's yeah. guidance on how to navigate the process of dying and, and yes. navigating through the afterlife. And while I was reading this, like, uh, Tibetan monks will gather around people as they die. Um, and I guess maybe other monks, I'm not, I'm not totally sure on this, but, um, they will, they will read the, this book aloud to people as they're like nearing death. Um, so this is obviously yeah. like people who are older aged and not sudden deaths, right? People where death is, we, we know death is coming. Um, yeah. and they will read the book aloud that will, uh, guide the person. And I think that the specific phrase I saw was like, help them to understand and decipher the hallucinations during the death process. Wow. Um, yeah. and I thought that was super interesting because psychedelics induce hallucinations yes. and DMT is released supposedly when we're born and when we mm -hmm. die and people use DMT as a psychedelic drug. Um, and that, that is, so these kaleidoscopic things that I was taught, like, th that is what I feel. I feel like that. Mm -hmm. So I feel, um, 
I, I see a lot that I'm certain that I'm going to, when I die, I'm going back to that space that I was in, in those psychedelics. Or like mm -hmm. when I went into liquid Lego land, as I called it from, from the hospital ketamine situation. Um, yeah. so it's, I, I would love to read the Tibetan for the dead so I can get a you little should. guidance because that shit was crazy. Um, yeah. And it's, it's, it is scary, but I think the yeah. main reason that it's scary is because, um, this brings me to the word control, which has been big on my mind. I kept drawing the wheel of fortune reversed earlier with the tarot mm -hmm. stream and it's a loss of control and a release. Uh, and I also wanted to mention stoicism and you mentioned something yes. a second ago about accepting the inevitability of death. And that's a huge yeah. principle of the practice of stoicism, um, which I'm not very familiar with, but it came up in my studies over the last couple of days too. Um, and I think it's like, this is inevitable. This is going to happen. And, and this also, I got so many, <laughs> but memento mori, uh, which yeah. remember one day that you will die. Um, yeah. and this is also something that I find myself saying all the time, except I, I memeify it a little bit, but I remember I had a, mm -hmm. had a tweet from forever ago. that was just like, I'm really pissed off because I still have to die one day. Like, yeah. I still have to experience death. Like I, and every now and again, that thought will strike me. I'll just be like going to get in my car at the gas station. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, I still have to die. Yeah. <laughs> I still have to die. But I'm here yet. getting gas. Yeah. yeah. And it, and it's really hard to continue because that can cause like an existential crisis. And yeah. Oh yeah. That's why people go crazy about this. Type yeah. Of stuff, right. Like oh, overthinking, thinking about this type of stuff. And, um, uh, another like back and forth I had today with with my partner about this subject was like, how how did he put it? It, it was like he, because he's he's a very introspective individual, just naturally very willing to sit down and be quiet and let the thoughts sort of come to him and him kind of reflect from there. And he's like, I don't I don't understand why. I guess like deep inner worlds, like why, why some people just don't go there. I'm like, they're afraid because when you're in that quiet space, when you're in this silence, when you're in the, when it's just you, you're in yourself hanging out with you, there's no distractions. There's no, the, 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 nothing can take you away from that other than yourself which is why a lot of people then get off of them the meditation cushion angry frustrated irritable yeah. sad crying um which i think is natural um I, and and I, I guess this is a good time to say too like the 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 to meditate right is i believe there's a difference between meditative activities and meditation um and like like i i do believe people can achieve meditative states through things like painting and uh just like uh walking you know like anything really uh and but i think playing stardew valley it's playing start sure <laughs> if, <laughs> if you are fully grounded fully mindful, fully <laughs> well hold on now <laughs> fully fully in your power and fully engaged it's kind of interesting because and i i think that meditation sort of is such a balancing beam between like being fully active to me when i after i meditate i feel exhausted like in some ways i feel energized and exhausted because i just spent so long sort of being witness 
to what was being thrown at well, me. Well, God, time drags when you're meditating. It, yeah, 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 for sure. Especially if you're new to it. It's Because you had, you had told me when we were prepping for this episode that I should meditate. Yes. And I just kind of laughed at you when you said it. You and um, <laughs> <laughs> you were like, why don't you have you meditated? When's the last time you meditated? And I was just like, yeah. Haha, that's a funny joke. Um, so I did right. try to meditate last night while I was falling asleep. Um, and uh-huh. I, I guess to be fair, I, I do practice meditation in that way every now and again, um, oh. whenever I'm trying to, to like fall into lucid dreams or, or have like a guided meditation before bed, I do frequently listen to guided meditations before bed. Mm. Um, but it's often background noise while my mind is still just making to-do lists for the next day. And I just like having a voice right. to fall asleep to. Right, um, right, right. but I tried last night and I fell asleep at some point, but, um, it was a constant fight with myself to not go into analysis to-do list mode. It was like, and I was trying really hard to be like, watch the clouds pass by. Oh, there's another to-do list. But then I was watching myself watch myself. (laughs) Right. There's layers, right? Yeah. Yeah. And And it's like, who's watching the watcher that's watching the watcher. Right. Exactly. (laughs) And, and no, and I totally resonate with that. And I think that, yeah, a lot of people fear jumping into meditation because what is there left when it's just you and the silence mm. uh, other than your, yourself? And uh, there's nothing to numb it. There's nothing to escape from it in those moments. Um, and in a perfect world, in a perfect meditation section, you'd be able to greet the thought and then have it pass you by, um, acknowledging it, being like, wow, uh, the, my, my phrase is always, that's it's very curious how that thought popped up, how this feeling occurred when this thought, the, 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 the tandem that they created, how, how curious that is. Um, and then I let it pass by, but I think that when it comes to identity and ego, we are, the word I use a lot is tethered. I think that we tether ourselves down to our beliefs, our thoughts, our feelings, our experiences, um, and I think that when we then take it a step further and, and we talk about meditation being preparation for death, I think that it, it, it's all about letting go and letting life do its life thing, you know? And I think that we all try to rationalize so much of what happens to us and um, pontificate upon, oh, like, if only I did this different than this outcome would have happened differently. And then I would be happier or things mm. would be different. Um, and I, I even see in grief, right. People being like, Oh, if only I answered that call. Oh, if only I had spent more time with them. But I think a part of honoring life itself is allowing those ebbs and flows to happen organically um, and not to be influenced by external measures right and and i think that when we use meditation to prepare for death we can more easily allow life's natural flow to flow and not not judged by our own experiences with it not not being not giving it labels or terms or verbiage that that sometimes life just is life and this is just another puzzle piece to it. And I think that meditation is really good at 
it's like it's uh it, because meditation in theory we're meant to just be and i guess i'll take this moment to say like a very common misconception of meditation is that we don't think we want to be in complete silence right and, right. and we don't want anything that's not true i i in my opinion uh <laughs> like i think that the point of meditation is to allow the thoughts to come but to not hold on to them yeah right um and and this this isn't to say I like, think it's like to, to watch a non-attachment. Um, yeah. I think that's, that's the main, the, so like we're saying meditation is practice for death, but that's not the, the main function, the only function, the primary, like meditation, I think is just a lot of like coming to terms with yourself, uh, yeah. reduce, I, th I think it helps to reduce fear and anxiety over a lot of things, specifically anxiety, um, mm -hmm releasing a lot of, uh, difficult emotions and untangling your mind, um, untangling yourself and, and learning what, what matters and what doesn't matter. Um, so when you're sitting here on your 20th internal monologue, replaying the argument you got in with that person over and over and over, and then suddenly you become a little lucid in your waking life, you wake up a little bit and you're like, Oh, this is the fourth time today. I'm like rehashing this fight and, and, you know, scripting a new argument in my head, like, and then, and then that's where shadow work would start to come in. Why am I still ruminating on this? Well, because it's, uh, unfinished business. The baggage is open. I can't, why can't I release this? You know, well, I'm really stubborn and angry at them for doing this. And I don't want to forgive. I don't want to forgive. You're tethered. Like you, yes, you can start to untangle it and work through it. And eventually the, the goal I would think is to, you're not ruminating on that fight and you're not re you're not scripting new or, or whatever it is like me with mm -hmm. my constant to-do mm -hmm. lists. Like maybe, maybe instead of when I'm at, in bed trying to fall asleep, I shouldn't be scripting my to-do lists out. I should have a moment at my a desk, yes, a of, mindful chosen yes, aware moment where yes. I sit and I pull out my notebook and I write my to-do list. I dump it all out of my brain. And then when I get in bed and, and I definitely practiced this in the past. And when I've had those moments, when I get into bed and my mind starts to go into autopilot of like tomorrow, I need to wake up at four and do the laundry. Then I can say to myself gently, we already wrote this down. We don't need to do this right now. Yeah. We already have this all ready to go tomorrow. There's nothing more there. We don't, it's already taken care of. And I yeah. think that's, that's a nice, nice, gentle way of, of like relieving myself of that. It's already taken care of. It's okay. Yeah. We don't have to think about this right yeah. now. And, and it's okay and, and, that you are thinking about it too. You don't want to punish yourself for having the thoughts. No, no. And that's an important thing too, because I think that's what leads a lot of people into frustration with meditation, which is that they are then greeted with all these um, shadows, right, um, that pop up inevitably because you're shedding a lot of light in a lot of places when you meditate um, just by simply being present and being aware and being there. And then all these ugly, yucky thoughts start popping up. And um, instead of being neutral and staying curious and interested, uh, you become tethered to the thoughts. And judgmental. And yeah. And you start to berate. I like, I can't believe I'm still worried about this. Like what's wrong with me. I can't believe that this is still on my mind after six years. Like those types of mindsets, <laughs> <Me>? right? <laughs> my relationship. Hold up. <laughs> Literally me though. Cause it's like, it, it, so there is a judgment that comes along with it, but sometimes it is like, why the hell am I still hung up on this? What? It, the, right. Time is ticking. We ain't got time to think about this anymore. What the heck is mm -hmm. wrong with you? And then and, that, like even that sentence, what is wrong with me? Like I'm, nothing 
Like, and then maybe there is something to unpack there. Another phrase that comes to my mind when I think of meditating is, is freeing yourself. I feel very free after I meditate. I feel like I, I eliminate and I relieve myself of these internal monologues that are not mine. And that's a thing too, like, uh, the, the, oftentimes when we have thoughts like what's wrong with me, that's not us speaking. That's our identity speaking. That's what we feel like we should be saying. That's what we feel like we, we should be reacting to. Right. But there, there, there are no shoulds in life. We are simply here to bear witness to what it is to be human and, and all of the chaos and all of the fun things that that involves, including identity, including ego, including, uh, just all layers of, of life. And I, it, it's, we're meant to be free. We're meant to be light, light footed, lighthearted. And I think that meditation lightens us up and keeps us enlightened. In fact, uh, yeah. with, within life and within ourselves. And, and, and I think that's death is heavy, right? Sure. I, 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 death is really, really, I think heavy. it's heavy for us to process as tethered egos but i think that death itself is so weightless (laughs) i think that and i I was watching um quite a few youtube videos last night but i did Mm -hmm. find in in the search of this subject it was mostly tibetan monks i was coming across that were talking about Uh, this yeah it's it's when uh, for those who are listening like if if you want to learn more about like the the connection of death and life it's usually Tibetan. <laughs> they, they are all about that. They love to pontificate upon what death means in life. It's yeah. And, yeah. and I think like coming to, coming to like a peaceful moment of it, that it, it is yeah. just a part of the, the bigger whole. Um, yeah. and it's, it's not, I don't know that it's, I don't want to say that it's not scary, but it doesn't have to be scary. Um, yeah. And, yeah. and it can be like, there was one meditation that I was watching where she was, um, uh, it was, she was a monk and she was, she was doing a guided meditation of visualizing your death and like, imagine mm-hmm. that you're in, in the bed that you want to be at the age you want to be in the, in comfortable, you know, and then she was going through all this, like all of your belongings are already taken care of and wow. all of the charities that you want to support after That's you're gone beautiful. or like, it was this whole thing of like, it's comfortable and all of your loved ones, you've already spoken and said everything you need to. And then I stopped listening there because I started to realize that it was like existentially dangerous for me to get too deep into an actual death meditation. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think that's important for some of us to know our boundaries with those things. And I, I struggle a lot with like, um, derealization and things like that. So I have to be very careful with like, too much lucid dreaming stuff and too much of this because it will make me not want to take showers and go to work because what's the point, you know, I get, I get too existential, right. I get too airy, I get too floated away. Um, right, right. But listening to her, some, someone had replied in the comments um, and they weren't necessarily like upset or anything, but there was some kind of comment that was basically like, well, this is just one type of death and not every death is painless and blah. And they were going off on like, like, this is only like if, if in your fantasy where, where there's no pain involved. And it's like, we, we touched on this a bit, but I like, I don't know, like the, there, there is, I think that the release of the pain though, is part of the process as well. And I think that taking some of the like metaphorical ideas of, of like meditation as practice for death and applying it 
it's a moment and then right. it's over. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then you're exactly. on to the next moment. And I think that if you can bring that into your daily life of like, you know, um, it's like, even with like breaking my arm and sitting in the park with my broken arm in my lap and no, it wasn't in my lap yet. It was next to me and realizing that I needed to get it into my lap, which meant I need to, to pick up my broken arm right. and understanding that I was going to have to spatula <laughs> and move it yeah. and prepping myself for the experience of that pain but knowing that it had to be done and, mm. and doing that and then, and then it's over yes. and then it's in my lap and we're good. And now yes. the exhale, the relief, and it's safer here. Right. Yes. Um, and I think that, that we see that a lot in movies with like, Oh, action movie, my shoulders dislocated. I'm ready. Three, two, one. And then it's over. And then they're just like, all right, let's go back to running away from the bad guy. Like the moment is just like snap it and then move back into place and move on. And yeah. I think that, that, that can be applied to like a lot of the, like heartbreak heart, you know, yeah. and, and it, but there's some pain that lingers. So, right. and, and, and that's a good point too, because of grief and our, that this is where the phrase, your feelings are valid come in. Your, your feelings are real. And, and it, it's, I mean, and what I was thinking of the whole time is the art of the funeral. You go, you grieve like, like with, with all your loved ones, you uh, take time off of work, you take personal time to process it, but then you have to go back to work. You have to go back to that grind. You have life to go back on. to life goes on. And I think that meditation allows us in a perfect, in a perfect state of meditation. And it, it teaches us to allow that flow to happen organically, mm. not, not, and, and not be numb to it, not be like, uh, I'm going to be so strong and not show any emotions because that's ego and I, no it's not that it's uh, because feelings are real that's a part of the human experience is to feel um and we definitely don't but but we don't want to be controlled by our emotions we want to we, we want uh, instead we want to be like like almost working alongside our emotions right rather than feeling out of control with them but anyway uh, i i think that life does go on right we don't have a choice and i think that it it when when we allow life to life and we don't get married to so many ideals and concepts and mindsets and identities and ego and uh, once again, acknowledging that they exist, acknowledging their importance, but not marrying them. It's that's what meditation does best. It's the art of allowing things to flow and move forward and, and ebb. Uh, as they are and for you to simply be bear witness to yes. surrender uh surrender is a really good word here yeah. yeah and i like bearing witness too because that feels like with the psychedelic talk i was talking about the meditation mm -hmm. the out of body bearing witness to it yes. and becoming less um attached and not holding as strong of an identity to the things that happen to you um, yes. like yes. you are not your experiences, right? Um, right. you are not your broken, your broken, I'm arm. not my broken arm. Right. <laughs> uh, but I, there's a lot of lessons that I've taken with me yes. from that. And, yeah. um, the pain is definitely still lingering. I'm very ginger and have to be very careful with it. The pain is definitely mm -hmm. still there. And, but that's, you know, scars too, like this, the, the wound heals yeah. and you're left with a scar as a reminder, right? You remember yeah. that it was there. Um, and I mean, even in death, uh, no one expects someone who 
is grieving to get over it. You know, like that, that, no, that and I think some, there, some people, always. some people say that and act like that. And that's asshole behavior. But, yeah. um, but the, the, the true, a compassionate human being understands that, that grief is not, okay, I went to the funeral and now it's over, you know, right. um, right. it's, it's, it, it's something that has to be integrated and processed and digested. Uh, I think emotions are things that we digest, um, and we yeah. either digest them well, or we, don't or it digests us yeah yeah actually that's a really good way to put it yeah um but pulling back to meditation in regards to death a little bit um i i want to i want to touch on this like idea that you know these stories and movies and stuff where we see someone who's dead and they're like ghostly hovering over their body mm. and they're like, and then there's like maybe an angel or the, or the, usually the grim reaper that's there with them. And it's like, Oh yeah, you died. Um, and then the, the uh -huh. ghost is like, I died. Well, I wasted my life. I didn't do anything good. I just worked yeah. all the time and I didn't do anything that I actually wanted to do. There's this, this, stereotype. And I think for a reason, um, we get so caught up in the, the hus the hustle and humdrum of the busy world that we live in that, uh, we don't live how we want to, we live how we have to. And, um, yes. I think that yes. that's, that's painful sounding to me. Uh, that, that is more painful than the release of death because yeah. you get to the end of it and you're, I wish I had told that person mm -hmm. I liked them, you know, which is a very like teenager kind of thing to have, or I wish that I hadn't wasted 20 years in this dead end job. Um, or I wish I had, you know, gotten the divorce that I should have gotten and, and actually yeah. sought, sought out real love instead of just staying stuck in settling, yeah. settling in these things. And I think that, that by, by practicing meditation, um, and especially in regards some, to some of these where it's like imagining, like you're at your funeral watching, you know, like it's a, it's a Yu Yu Hakusho moment. You're watching everyone grieve your death. Um, mm, how yeah. would you have wished that you lived your, your life? And what do you wish that people will say about you at your funeral? And how can you live in such a way that people will feel like that about you? Mm. Um, and if we are preparing for an event that is 100% going to happen. It is an mm -hmm. inevitability. And this brings back to stoicism too, where we, we become comfortable and accepting of inevitabilities to the point where we don't fear them. And that doesn't consume and control our life anymore. Um, but this can help you shift your focus to what is actually important to you while you're still alive. Yes. So you're not the hovering ghost that's regretting. <laughs> right? That's very true. I, I like this term because I, I meditation prepares you for death, which prepares you for life. Right. Like Ooh, it, 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 it's yeah. all together. Right. Because, um, what I can say for myself and my meditation journey is that meditation has made me more present. Meditation has made me more eager to be an active participant in my life. Um, rather than just sort of letting life hit me. There's, there's, there's a back and forth, I think. I think that, and I mentioned a lot already, like kind of just succumbing to like life's flow, right? But there, um, I think there is like uh, some things that can be controlled and, and some capacity that just leads to greater joys. And um, it, I, I, since meditating, which I've been meditating pretty regularly since, let me look at the year. 
it's been about 12 years of like semi-regular meditating um yeah and it's it's brought a lot of joy to me um because it has directly taught me once again and i I like the phrase life goes on right and i can't just sit in my thoughts all day Hmm. it's kind of interesting thinking about it because like every time and i I call it sitting down at the mat because i i yoga and meditation is very together for me very much Uh, yeah yeah and and i would love to also do an episode on yoga and the the we could probably do a lot of of episodes Uh, on yoga i i love yoga interesting that you brought that up because when i was the first thing i was coming across when i was researching this was specifically yoga nidra um which is the like laying down sleeping like like type of yoga not necessarily sleeping but the very relaxed laying down Mm -hmm. and that's very Mm -hmm. like like uh, I mean, that's kind of the, that's the pose you take your, your, when you're dead, yeah, like corpse, your corpse pose, corpse it's pose. literally, it's yeah. literally called corpse pose in yoga. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that, that was being brought up a lot. And I was like, yoga is probably a hole or the rabbit hole. Let me, let me focus on the <laughs> philosophy. We'll do yoga another time. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Like it, it's, so, for me, it's very entwined. Like yoga is two... interesting though, because the, the, the whole point of yoga is like, try to move and then you notice a pain and you become present with the pain and you integrate and accept it and then yes you know breathe into it and yeah it makes you more mindful of how your body moves oh and that's a good point too thank you for bringing up the breath because i think that's such an important part of meditation too is something that i've been saying for a long time is at the end of the day all i got is me and my breath that's it that's all i can rely on that's all i can depend upon right everything can disappear at a moment at a moment's notice for one reason or another and so i think that a part of the reason why breath work is so talked about in meditation, I mean, you'll see it anywhere in through the nose, out through the mouth, right? That kind of uh, like as one of the like cornerstones what about a of stuffy meditating. nose allergy having assholes. <laughs> I got it in through the mouth, out through the mouth. <laughs> Valid. <laughs> but you'll be doing it wrong, according to some people. <laughs> You're meditating wrong, uh, <laughs> which is actually a whole other conversation to that, that oh, mindset yeah. of you're meditating wrong. Um, which is right. You got to do the alpha breathing. <laughs> oh no, <not laughs> no, that's, that's cursed, <laughs> but that is helpful though. Like uh, for getting energy up, I went, Oh man, doing that for meditating. I'd be like wired. Uh, some, but- yeah, there's some crazy processes I've seen, but like the activating the energy vortex of the stomach and then the way that yeah. that would increase blood flow and like the actual, so like I'm, I'm poking fun at that alpha breathing, like you know get up and hustle every day bro culture but like it's yeah. it's definitely a, a, a valid practice too yeah invest in crypto while dragon's breath yeah like yeah the dragon's breath crypto <laughs> wim hof and dragon's breath is cr- i was watching some like cute little yoga girls do it and i was like oh but it's, it's so fun though because it's like it you, the whole point is to kind of be silly and ugly and and just yeah. kind of exist in that moment just human and, Right? Yeah, yeah. And and uh, it's funny that like breath is such an important part of meditation because when you die, you don't breathe. Breath stops. Yeah. The breath ends. And I think that sort of having that as and that and that to me the breath is the anchor to life. Uh and and that that's the way I always view it. As long as I got my breath, I'm living. Right. Well, as long as I can breathe. There's kind of an ex I don't know, a spiritual belief that life begins when the First and this breath. is a whole conversation here, but right. uh when the first breath is taken by the baby is when the soul 
into the body. Like, mm, um, and that's, yeah. that's not everybody's spiritual belief. And there's a whole can of worms with that kind of dialogue there. But I mean, but that's how astrology works too, right? Mm. We don't do the astrological chart for the time they were conceived. It was the time the that time we born. take our first breath and that's yeah. when our rising sign is. And that's where yes. the, that's the time of birth. Yeah. And yeah. I, th- I find that really interesting um, because the breath is so interwoven with all of it. And then like thinking to me, like even, even taking this concept a little bit further, we, the last exhale and the soul leaves the body and it moves on yes. to a new Yes. wherever it's going to go. Um, yeah. And the, so we're, but then the breath is going to move into something else. And, and it's interesting too, when I was in psychedelic states that one of the first thing, when you start, like when the, when the visuals come on of things, Mm -hmm. the first thing, and I'll say it forever, midsummer nailed it. Uh, midsummer nailed a psychedelic, uh, representation in media. I don't, I don't often, go like, Oh shit, that's it. But Midsummer nailed it. It's a horror movie. So be careful. But, um, (laughs) uh, the first thing you notice, at least for me and a lot of people that I talk to about this kind of thing is whether you're inside or outside or wherever it's like, Oh my God, my bread is, my bed is breathing. The trees are breathing. Yeah. And my experience too. Yes. and I agree so with that. Everything has breath around us. There's breath everywhere. <laughs> yes, I agree with that. Uh, and and yeah, that pulsing, right? That that the breath, yeah. the, the ebbing and flowing. We look at the moon. We just talked about the moon. The moon is breathing. Inhale, exhale. Oh, right? I did. Bring, uh, yeah, it, yeah. Right. Like and and. and I just, I feel like breathing is life. And I think that us connecting to the breath, which once again, whole, whole new conversation, right. But worth talking about, (laughs) um, with pranayama, uh, and, and us activating the breath, which activates specific parts of our body and mostly our brain. Right. And if we're going to even go there, um, the brain is us and the body's a vehicle, right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. if we, if we want to go there, uh, and, and so when we breathe, we are, actively healing and nourishing and feeding our life force yeah. our prana right mm-hmm. and and i think that the in a roundabout way that's also preparation for death itself by living and nourishing the life we have right now yeah. to its fullest whatever that means um on every level so, yeah so. because in, into like spiritual like certain spiritual beliefs but like what we're doing in this life is preparing us for the next one and yeah. on and on and on that's that's on the line of reincarnation, but astrology with the, the North and South node teaches that. Right. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, I figured, I figured we'd also end up yeah. going to a place of like reincarnation and like, where does the soul go? Yeah. Uh, and, and I, I think that's worth thinking about too. Uh, and, but I think, I think most of all, like what, when it comes to just like meditating, showing up for the practice, which, um, when I was talking about with my partner earlier, I called it, I called it an exercise. You have to, it's a, it's a cur- you bicep curl that like, you get better at it. The more you show up and do it. Um, like it, it's, it's something that can be skillfully improved upon. Uh, I definitely don't meditate the same as I did 10 years ago. And, uh, for lack of a better term, I'm, I'm, better at it now where i i yeah, can now you're built differently yeah now i'm built differently and <laughs> <laughs> so jot that down uh <laughs> and i just i think that the way that i'm like i think like the core of the statement and the mindset of meditation prepping for death 
the way I mostly see it is like life is just comings and goings over and over and over again. And in all ways, shapes and forms, in ourselves and others and our loved ones uh, and enemies, even uh, it's it's we're all just having these deep inner worlds that we. Nothing is stagnant or should be. Well, I, I don't want to say that necessarily either, but like uh, nothing, nothing stays still for too long. And I think that meditation has taught me that. Um, anything can happen at the drop of the hat and my feelings are real when, when they do occur, but meditation has allowed me to sort of be flexible in life, allow me to show up more presently in life so that when the time for death comes, not that it matters cause I'll be dead. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but when the time for death comes, I will have lived a present life a mindful and a guided life that I can sit back and be pleased with. And um, I also think at the same time that meditation has prepped me for the deaths of those around me. And I think it's something that I think is important to note about myself in this conversation is that I'm 28, turning 29 this year. I've been very lucky and I've not had too many major deaths in my life that's around me. Uh, I feel very gracious for that. However, I'm entering my Saturn return. So anything's possible mm. now. Uh, yeah. and, I'm, and, and I'm feeling, I mean, you, it, it's hard to quantify how prepared you are, right? For something I don't like think that. that I, think, I think it's it. different every time it happens. That's um, true. I'm similar. I've had like my, my, I was not close enough with my grandparents. I was too young when, right, when right, they right. passed, but my close, close people close to me, I had one high school friend who, who died, mm. but that, and that was a very, that was strange, but it was like two or three years after high school and we were already disconnected from each other. Um, so it wasn't as sudden, it wasn't as shocking to me, I think as if it, I had still been hanging out with them all the time. Um, but, and then for me, it's mostly been like my soulmate pets that have rocked my world, but oh, the yeah, older I get, the more inevitable the word again, it is that I'm going to have to face this sooner than later. And, um, not just not, I don't mean myself maybe, but I mean, in, in the ones that I care about around me. And I'm, I'm at a point now in my life where I turned 35 this year and I'm at a point now in my life where I, I keep having these like nihilistic, you know, jaded thoughts of like, Oh, it's all downhill from here. <laughs> now I'm just going to get diseases and die. Like, um, everything right. just falls apart. My body starts to hurt and I just get, uh, old and ugly and die. Like, um, yeah, really jaded mindset, but, um, <laughs> that, that's just, that's just me. But, um, I think that, that now I, it, the mental preparation is coming in. And in some ways it's like, I look back at like the really terrific, terrific is a word I wanted to use. And that's strange, but terrific, terrible, uh, interesting that those words share that sound. Um, and, uh, like my cat from a couple of years ago, that was my, my best, my little best friend and how much that I, I, I can visibly and viscerally remember the wailing sobs of myself holding his little body on the way yeah. to the vet, hoping they could resuscitate him, you know? Yeah. And then I think yeah. about where I am now. I think about how long I cried about that for like months and how easy yeah. it was for me to slip back into that emotional state. I think about my first terrible breakup in 2016 yeah. and how raw that same raw 
wailing animal I turn into in those moments. Uh, mm. And I think that she's waiting inside of me to burst out whenever yeah. these this grief, these things are taken from me without warning um, and without any way to really prepare for it. And what I can do in those moments is wail and cry like yeah. the Duncan Trussell Y'all should watch that if you haven't seen it. The Midnight yeah, Gospel. Yeah, we'll, we'll post it in the Discord. It is required watching for this yeah. conversation, I think. Um, um, I can I can release that and ex- and experience it in the moment. And no, as if as I said earlier, it's it's the pain will not be there forever. Um, it might linger, and it it might you, it's something you can tap into. Um, mm-hmm. But oh yeah, you can choose to grieve yeah. whenever you want. Yeah. yeah, but it will it will heal and fade um and then i think that i don't know like the, and respect the, that flow i feel that like the, up and that down the more that i go through it the more the, the easier it gets is what i feel like and and i don't know if easier is really the right word but it 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 feels more integrated and it feels more like uh, I'm, I'm more at peace now and it's mm-hmm. not even so much like on a spiritual like, well, he's in a better place. It's not so much in that regards <laughs> as it is like, you know, there, there was, there's this feeling of like, he's not suffering anymore, you know, kind right. of thing. There's this, this feeling of like, uh, the peace and the release, but there is the wonder of like, where did he, where did he go? Where did he come yeah. from? Where did he go? But, but <laughs> meaning, meaning whoever, like, and, and, and I brought up yeah. a breakup specifically because I don't think these feelings are unique to death. Um, yeah, like I said, we experience a lot of little deaths throughout our lives, I think, um, and in many different forms rather than the physical death, right? There's deaths of friendships, there's deaths of relationships, there's deaths of uh, mindsets, of habits, of thoughts, right? And lifestyles, yeah. Yeah, and, and you, you said the word earlier, raw, which I think is mm. just like a really apt word for all of this, because when I think of raw, I just think of the raw human experience, right? And I think that meditations just allows us to be human. And and yes, these feelings are that I'm feeling are real. These these thoughts that I'm thinking are thoughts indeed. <laughs> but I instead of tethering myself to these thoughts and these feelings and these experiences and these things that are outside of me that that are not internalized, right? And then the sooner I can release my attachment to these things, the more easily I can become flexible through life. And I think and that's why it feels like it's become e- easier, quote unquote, for me is because yeah. I release the attachment to it. And I guess, I guess like the, the, the breakup that I went through was the first major lesson in that. And I help, like, maybe that's why it still haunts me too, is because it's like, I'm still... I don't know. Maybe I release other things quicker because that one has been so painful for so long um, in a way that doesn't yeah. it, it, it doesn't make rational sense to me as like a logical creature, but an emotional creature. That bitch has got some grubby hands that won't let go. Um, yeah. But and that's that's the thing is, I think that we don't know until we experience it. Um, how we're going to react and how we're going to handle it. And all oh. we can do while we're we're handling it is give grace to ourselves um and breathe through it and let it let it pass let it go um allow it allow because i think that a lot of it is too just like a 
if I, it, and it's not, I don't think it's, this is something we consciously think about, but I think this might have to do with it. When you, I think Dukes, you were one of the first people that ever asked me this. And it was in regards to this, this relationship that that's been really hard for me to let go of. Um, and I, I think that you asked me something along the lines of like, why can't you like let it go? Or why don't you let it go? Or have you let like, um, some, something to the point where I literally was like, I was like, I, my response to you was like, I don't want to let it go. Like, I don't, I don't want to lose it. I don't, I don't want it to be gone. Like, and because Because, even in the pain of it, I still have it. You know what I mean? Right. And, and sometimes I think that when this is my belief that when these sorts of things happen, it thickens our story. And I think that there's like almost like an air of like, forgive, don't forget sort of thing, right. Mm, Where you don't, you don't want to let go because you don't want the same thing to happen again. It's a protection. It's defensive, right? Um, It it protects. I think that if we're going to be talking about flow, which is what I think life is meant to be, I think that sometimes these not being able to let go, once again, tethers us, keeps us still, keeps us anchored um, in a way where we want to move forward and move on, but we're still at a certain point, it becomes a comfort zone. Because Absolutely. you understand it, it's sa- safe space. You know how to exist in that space. Uh, I mean, it's predictable. that's what I think. Exactly. Like a predictable. That's a great word. Mm. I, I'm thinking I use the term a lot here. NPC. Um, I, I and and, uh, you know, I like I, I shit on that mind, like the NPCs that are out there. But <laughs> in reality, what's happening is that these people are so complacent and so OK with the life that they've made. And they're so unbothered by the way life has been paved for them that they're not willing to challenge anything. They're choosing uh, to be NPCs. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And and, that, and that's kind of why I shit on them sometimes, because it's not it's not like uh, and of course, once again, as always, capitalism and stuff it has its grabby little hands on stuff like this and mindsets like this. But I think ultimately, too, it's just like it's hard to be an active participant in life. It's painful, but life is also suffering. So it's like, are you going to be involved with the suffering for the greater good? Like this is a light in the shadow sort Mm -hmm. of moment, right? Or are you going to just be comfortable and drift and not really be attached to like, it's funny because like, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking as if like, being detached is a bad thing, which is sort of the point of meditation is to detach. But I think mostly detaching from like, I think it's I detaching know, from the told. stubbornness of like holding on to stuff. Yeah. I don't think that it's detaching as in not being involved or present. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, it's, yeah. It's detaching from things that are weighing you down and not allowing you to be present. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's a good way to put it. I, I, I got confused in my own head for a second. <laughs> there's so much attaching. There's so much detaching happening. I don't know what's going on anymore. And for those who are listening and who have never meditated and who haven't tried in a long time, I, I recommend it. It's it's always a good practice to sort of have in your system. There's lots of different forms of meditation. The one that we're talking about mostly is, I think, mindfulness yes. med- meditation, just being present um, and being aware and acknowledging what passes by you and being like, Indeed, that is what I'm thinking and feeling. How interesting, how curious, and letting it sort of pass by. And instead of being like, wait, oh my God, I do, I do feel heartbreak right now. Like, I'm going to hold on to this for a little bit. 
right? Uh, which and I, ruminate it's human. Yeah, yeah, it's human. So, and that's another thing too. Like you can't you can't beat yourself up about it. It's Sometimes human. That's what it's been just it's just time to to relive that chapter, and you just want to wallow in it for a second. Yeah, yeah. And as long as you do that, mind it's entertaining. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes for those like, who like gotta, to play, I gotta live this little mini drama back in my head real quick. Yeah, yeah. And, and and I mean that's the joy of being human, right? Being able to have the freedom to yeah. play with these things. Yeah. But I think that overall with the scope of what we've been discussing like the freer the better the looser the better the the because the more tightly wound we are with mindsets and beliefs and labels and 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 feelings and thoughts like the less we are able to simply absorb and surrender to life itself which includes all of it all of the pain all of the joy all all of the paradise and all of the hell all at the same time uh and we we need more present people to be here with us i think it, it, it for sure it's look at this us- shit can we pay attention <laughs> like, yes, what's going brings, on out here <laughs> this brings us all closer together the more that we can accept the fact that we're all human living the human experience in all of its dimensions uh including the inevitables like death and mm. and not living in fear of those things um the more that we can all be free together right and and live mm. without anything that holds us back and anything that keeps us attached to old mindsets and beliefs we're meant to be expanding growing not staying still i think that we could probably talk about this for like hours (laughs) (laughs) um we're pushing on our hour though so we should wrap it up here um i really loved this conversation (laughs) me too this was really pleasant thank you for having this with me i know thank you thank you everyone for listening um i hope that y'all enjoyed and found some kind of peace or something from from what we talked about but um well i'll definitely try to link some of the sources that we talked about in the blog uh the podcast notes the show notes on the website at celestialcafe.org um and they'll be in the youtube description as well um and we'd love to have you on the discord to hang out and chit chat we'll be posting the duncan trussell clip there and then also be in the descriptions and stuff too but um maybe we can have a conversation about this if you'll have any questions or follow-ups you'd like to see from us or things like that then let us know we're going to be meeting up tonight to flesh out our schedule for march mm-hmm. so we'll be back next week to let y'all know what the the march lineup is going to look like but for now definitely next thursday um the 2nd of march at 7 p.m eastern we will be live on my twitch channel twitch.tv slash hey shady lady um live streaming the recording process of our full moon in virgo coverage uh and that will be live on plat- podcasting platforms on the 6th of march monday and i guess that's uh about it dukesley it's been a pleasure yes likewise (laughs) thank you for such a a a cool uh deep existential conversation yeah yeah Um, i I think that this is just important to talk about you know this is it's not talked about very often in casual environments and it's understandable because there's a lot of people that might have um wounds that that will be pried open by this and and they're not ready to 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 disassemble and compartmentalize and and process and release those things yeah and that's valid and that's real this is is one of this is one of the hardest things i think that anyone can sit down and process it it feels so unfair the more casual conversations that are had about things like these topics the the more people can 
process them through it or learn how to process it because these are things that aren't taught in school. You know what I mean? And these are things that, that we either learn from media, um, meaning like movies and stuff or TV shows, or, uh, it feels like we don't really get a chance to learn it all unless it's within our like familial circles and like close knit circles. So I think seeing like, uh, that's why I find such power in our podcast in the first place is we're getting to air things that are usually talked about in, in In private private spaces. Yeah. 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 This, but it's important to talk about this stuff. We're all it in normalizes a lot of it too. So it, it, it helps like normalize like a, a, a way of approaching things that that might not often be talked about. I yeah, guess that's that may be unconventional or yeah. maybe even seen. We talk about stoicism, which is often seen as very cold, a uh, cold way of it's living. It's interesting that that came up in this, but I I do feel like I I I didn't deep dive into it. Um, I know I saw it like Marcus Aurelius was like the daddy of it, yeah. and oh, yeah. and it, it's from like the Roman Empire, and I. I I kind of like I skimmed the surface. The reason it was coming up is because he had um, a book called Meditations where he was really like yes. circling around um, the topic of death. And so that was that was very much coming up in, in what I was researching was was his take on the inevitability of death and that you just need to come to peace with it so that you can live a better. It's not even a better yeah. life, but a more authentic life. Exactly. Um, and I, I, completely I thought it was agree with that. relevant to how we were going about the or or how my research was shaping up right, anyway. Right, so yeah. Oh, okay, but I'm gonna wrap and see. We can just keep going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but thank you all so much for listening, and I guess we'll catch you in the next episode. And I hope y'all have a good weekend or start of your week. All right, bye everybody. Bye. Happy Pisces season. Happy Woo-hoo. Pisces time. Woo-hoo. What a perfect conversation for Pisces. I was gonna season, say. I, I feel like I feel like this this lines up. <laughs> <laughs>